Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and you're listening to the Light Reading Podcast. And we are here in lovely Ottawa, except for the the wildfires causing some haze here right now. But otherwise, it's a lovely area to be in um, at the Sienna Vectors event. And I am joined by uh, Rebecca Smith, CMO here at Sienna. And Steve Alexander, CTO of Sienna. Yeah, well, thank you both for joining me, and um, it's been great to be on site and see uh, what Sienna's working on in person. Um, wanted to talk to you all a little bit about um, the WaveLogic 6 modem and what the updates are there in terms of um, availability and, and also how it's a differentiator in the market. Yeah, sure. So I, I mean, Steve, please jump in because sure. I know there's lots to talk about but when it comes to WaveLogic 6. So we announced WaveLogic 6 at OFC this past March um, and it will GA in 2024, which is a normal kind of a cadence for us and go to market. Um, so you'll see in the coming year us talking, doing more trials around WaveLogic 6 with customers, et cetera. Um, what's exciting about WaveLogic 6 is we've really leapfrogged the market and are providing 1.6 terabits per wavelength with WaveLogic 6 Extreme. With WaveLogic 6 Nano, um, we're able to do you know, 800 gigs up to 1,000 kilometers, which is fantastic for a pluggable in terms of performance. Uh, so we're really excited about what this means. And if you just think about some of the trends uh, we're seeing in the industry, you know, 5G, we're no longer waiting for 5G. 5G is here, right? So it's introducing, ushering in a whole new set of applications and services. And the other big hot topic, and I'm sure Steve's going to agree, is AI, right? And the implications that AI will have on networks, you know, it's where there's a lot of hypothesizing going on, but what we do know, it will add more pressure onto the network, right? So being able to have, um, a modem like WaveLogic 6 really provides that dynamic scalability that our customers are going to need. Yeah. Yeah, and just to emphasize what Rebecca said, I mean, WaveLogic 6 is the world's first um, DSP running at 200 gigabaud. Mm -hmm. It's based off of a three nanometer silicon. So, you know, we're leapfrogging what um, other folks have done. When you look at the capabilities that WaveLogic has brought to the industry, and you know, and I'll go back just to look at what WaveLogic 5 accomplished. That literally put, you know, 400 gig in the palm of your hand, right? And it's been interesting talking to customers here, um, and we're now, you know, into the second week of, of vectors here. You look at the kinds of capacity demands that they've been faced with, 20, 30, 40, 50% of your, you know, year-on-year -year growth, and they see these technologies that we're bringing to the marketplace really enabling them to keep their network you know, at, up to speed, let them adapt to all these things that are coming at them in terms of new services, new, new demands on, on the infrastructure and such. So they're, they're very appreciative of the fact that we're able to you know, continue to increase uh, capacity, connectivity, give them the tool sets necessary to compete in the marketplace. Yeah. And can you all talk a little bit more about how um, the WaveLogic 6, how far ahead it is from the rest of the industry that's doing the 1.2 terabits and I believe 5 nanometers. Um, so how and, and why was it important for um, Sienna to kind of leapfrog that? Well, so, so let me, I'll start um, and I'll answer the question just a little bit differently than you asked it because what's, here's what people often come in and say, say, well, okay. What about the the hop by hop routing approaches, or what, why not just do you know co conventional switching aggregation and, and such? And the point I make to them is, look, um, WaveLogic five, so our ability to do eight hundred gig, right, has been in the marketplace now for three almost four years. 
you still can't get an 800 gig port on anything to do a conventional kind of hop by hop routed architecture. The same um, advantage three to four years is going to occur when we get the next wave logic, right? So that three to four year advantage translates into time to market advantage for our customers in terms of reducing cost per bit, energy per bit, providing the highest possible services that are out there. So we think it's critically important to stay ahead of the curve and to bring solutions into the marketplace that our customers can immediately take advantage of. And what are some of the, um, I suppose, technological capabilities that a service provider might be interested in with WaveLogic 6 if they, say, don't need the immediate bandwidth booth? What are what are some other um, features that you all are really excited about? Well, I, you know, Steve mentioned about it is, you know, the first 200 gigabaud, 3 nanometer. Um, that's really important because that's where you derive... Um, a lot of, especially the three nanometers uh, CMOS, it's where you derive a lot of the uh, space and power efficiency. Um, so sometimes customers, because they are driven by sustainability targets, when you look at WaveLogic 6 to WaveLogic 5, it's up to a 50% savings in power and space. So that alone could drive someone to want to adopt WaveLogic 6. Um, and, you know, it's really preparing for the future. They have to think about how their business is going to evolve. What is the next wave of services? So they want to, you know, as Steve mentioned, just as it's important for us to stay ahead of the curve, they want to stay ahead of the curve. So even if they don't need 1.6 terabit tomorrow, um, they may. And, like, you know, they have to start to prepare their networks for what's coming next in the industry. I also think it's important to, to Rebecca's point, you know, people tend to fixate at the maximum performance end, which is mm -hmm. absolutely appropriate because that is, you know, what, one of the reasons we built this. But you also have to keep in mind every other rate that you apply it to gets better, right? So even if you only need 400 or you just need 100, when you apply the latest WaveLogic technologies to it, the performance improves, the, you know, amount of energy that's required drops, space gets smaller, right? It's an improvement at all the rates you use it at. Yes, it can go to 1.6 terabits. It's going to put 800 gig in the palm of your hand. But wherever you use it, things will get better. And so that drives, again, just, you know, rapid adoption because people look at it and say, oh, okay, lower cost per bit, lower power per bit, plugs right in, I can use it in the existing kit. And they've got the potential to go faster. It's attractive in many different dimensions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there definitely seems to be a lot more uh, discussion in the industry about the sustainability aspect. And so having that energy efficiency is, is probably something that customers are really interested in, I imagine. Yeah, we're definitely seeing, hearing that more and more. We're seeing it more and more. Just here at Vectors, it's a key topic. Um, we're getting lots of questions from customers about it, and we've done a lot. And I know you're going to be you're going to be speaking with some of our subject matter experts on this later. But we've done a lot as a company to really move our agenda forward in terms of how are we a better sustainable partner for our customers as well. Uh, and just to switch gears um, a little bit, uh, wanted to hear your opinions on um, XR optics and and what Sienna's focus around. Um, you know, will you be participating in developing that network architecture? So specifically with XR, I mean the, the point to multi-point kinds of uh, approaches, right? So there's a number of initiatives in the industry. Um, Cable Labs has looked at it in terms of like a coherent pond kind of technology as well. There are probably going to be some interesting convergence points in the future around, you know, kind of around the 100 gig, maybe 200 gig area where 
Um, similar technologies that you can use for coherent um, can also be applied to PON. XR is, you know, one example of it out there. It's not clear to us it's going to see widespread adoption. But the basic premise that says in the future you can start to build chips, um, you know, similar to what we're doing with WaveLogic, very rapid sampling, right? Take whatever analog waveform that you have, sample it immediately, put it into a DSP for the demodulation and all the in information recovery. That basic architecture we think applies to coherent, whether it's point-to-point, point-to-multipoint, uh, point uh, almost any arbitrary waveform kind of can be manipulated that way. So. Uh, conceptually, yes, you can do those sorts of things. We have to wait and see if this is the right time for market adoption or if it really needs to happen a little bit in the future. Uh, and then any updates on uh, Sienna's 800 gig strategy or deployments, what you're looking forward to next with that? So you're referring to WaveLogic 5, WaveLogic 5 Extreme. Um, so adoption of that technology uh, continues unabated, right? So we're still seeing great adoption of WaveLogic 5. Um, we're over, I believe, 75,000 um, modems shipped to date. We're over 200 customers globally, so really great adoption. Um, so there's no, no significant change to that strategy. Obviously, WaveLogic 6 is the evolution of our overall WaveLogic roadmap. So um, we continue to focus on, you know, bringing, you know, faster, more efficient, more sustainable, uh, coherent technology to the industry. And so that, that, that is, we're staying that course. Uh, and then any other, um, you know, highlights from vectors or, or things that you're looking forward to, um, you know, highlights from discussions with your customers, for example, over the, the past two weeks? Well, so it's been interesting for me because um, a little bit unexpectedly, I think in almost every conversation, we're up to, you know, a dozen plus, you know, conversations I've had one-on-one -on -one with customers now, um, spectrum sales have come up, almost every one of them, whether they're interested in it, afraid of it. <laughs> curious about it, it's there's been a discussion about it, which I didn't expect, right? Now, what, what's nice from a lot of perspectives is the, um, the RLS, the, re the reconfigurable line system, was built with that in mind, right? It has a lot of the, the, the knobs and switches that you need to manage spectrum in a, co a commercial environment. So in some sense, we can say technically it's a solved problem. We, we know how to do those things now. What is left are all the commercial agreements What's the contract language look like? You know, what's the services agreements look like? When it, when it works and when it doesn't work, who gets the phone call, right? Those things are what's trying to get it sorted out now. But the fact that there's so much interest in it from the you know service providers that provide um, high-end commercial services to enterprises, I, I, I was really fascinated by, right? And I think that is the beginning of a trend where you're seeing people who know they want the flexibility of what Spectrum offers, can't really or, or don't want the dark fiber, the whole thing yet, but need more than just what a single wavelength can, can offer. So it's an emerging of a, emergence of a really interesting new market. I think, I think the other thing um, which is really great, and it's, it's a little bit more from our perspective as Sienna, like 
because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to have vectors for, for a few years. So it's just so great to welcome our customers back into the labs. And, you know, we've been talking, um, we've been talking just now about our optical innovation, but vectors really showcases the advancements across our portfolio. And even like, what are we looking towards to the future? So um, although we're here demonstrating a lot of our great optical innovations, um, we equally are, are showcasing the growth in our routing and switching portfolio, which since the last vectors has grown substantially and our managed control plan right our, our what we refer to as mcp which is our domain controller that has advanced applications that sit on it on top of it that allow our customers to really manage their networks more effectively that also has changed and evolved significantly since the last factor so it's really exciting for us to to bring our customers here uh to show them all of this amazing innovation if we haven't been able to see them in person um and really just to show them what's next and get their input. Like for us, we, we gain so much out of vectors because it's our chance to really listen to our customers. Like the example that Steve just, you know, that's amazing around Spectrum. Like what, what, are, what is, what's happening with our customers, you know? Um, so our ability to listen and our customers to interact with our scientists and our engineering is really such a unique thing in the industry. So it's, it's, it's energizing for our customers. It's really energizing for us as a company too. And we get so much value out of it. And um, I guess just to wrap up, um, Sienna's talked about the adaptive network for a number of years, and it seems like, especially with chat GPT, generative AI and AI in general has, um, you know, is a really hot topic in front of mind right now. Is that something that you're um, hearing from your customers more interest in AI and ML capabilities? I think definitely it's a hot topic. I, I know from the marketing side, it's a topic that we're starting to address more and more from a thought leadership perspective. And really, we need to be thinking as a company, how, how do our innovations set our customers up to be successful in an AI era, right? You know, like we said at the beginning, you know, the, you know, it's not a hard line yet, exactly the impacts that AI will have for our customers. We know it's definitely going to have an impact. So having technologies like the Wave Router, like WaveLogic 6, some of the things that you saw today, doing multi-layer network management, these are going to be really critical for them if they are going to, you know, support AI services and applications. Um, and, you know, and we're, we're thinking too, we're getting input even throughout vectors about how we should be thinking about bringing AI into our products, into our roadmap. So, um yeah, so it's, I don't know if you have anything else to add there, Steve, if you've heard things from customers while they've been here. Well, so interestingly enough, what, they are clearly interested in what it's going to do to their networks in terms of capacity and connectivity. Um, the other thing a few of them have talked about is how they're just starting to use it internally. And it's not, it's near, nearly as sophisticated as you, you, some people might think, but it's actually had some interesting impacts. And it is, they're using um, some AI ML tools to reconcile internal databases. Right, things like I have a customer database, I have a trouble ticket database, I have an inventory database, and the customer's name is spelled differently here, and the phone number is differently here, and the email is differently here, and all of a sudden they can start to reconcile that and have one kind of source of truth for the entire network. And where they want to get to is being able to, able to say, okay, here's a customer, tell me every place in our network infrastructure that they touch and then flip it around and say, okay, here's a piece of network equipment, you know, tell me every customer that's there, right? And that gives them different insights, and some, quite honestly, are better at it than others, but they're all looking at these tools and saying, oh, 
that's interesting. I can start to do things, you know, in a more automated fashion than I may have in the past. So uh, in terms of, you know, the, the topics of conversation, I would put kind of spectrum up at the top because it's been, I think, every one of them. The, the AI ML has probably been 75% of them in different aspects of it. So again, it's a, it's a very popular topic this year. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been really interesting to watch. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it and uh, hope you have a great rest of your Vectors event. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy, uh, you will enjoy the rest of the tours. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> Thanks so much.